This is the African Campfire Stories podcast. This podcast is dedicated to the telling of African history stories and events. To contact us, please use our social media pages or our website. You can search for African Campfire Stories on Twitter and Facebook. Our website is www.africancampfirestories.com. Podcast episodes and other content, including articles on African history, can be found on the website. The podcast is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube and Player FM. Essays to Africa, Episode 1. Democracy versus Economic Development, Part 1. Before we get on with the content of today's episode, I have to introduce a concept that is a new addition to our programming. Starting with this episode, we will be releasing a series of episodes under the main title of Essays to Africa. Each of the episodes under the Essays to Africa banner will tackle an issue or issues that we believe the African continent is facing currently. Thus, the full title of today's episode is Essays to Africa, Episode 1, Problems with Democracy, Part 1. Some of the issues we will cover will take more than just one episode to complete. In such cases, we will do two or more episodes on those given issues, just as is the case with the first topic we will cover today. Today's episode will not be enough to cover the whole thing. We are still primarily an African history podcast, so when we cover the issues of essays to Africa, we will provide a historical view of a given issue. The historical view will be based on both an African history and also on international history. The Essays to Africa segment is our humble contribution towards the pushing forward of the level and extent of public discourse concerning the issues that modern Africa faces today. At the moment, we can't say for sure how frequent the Essays to Africa episodes will be released by us, nor are we in a position as yet to say how many of these episodes we will do. I guess we will do as many of these episodes as we can for as long as we think is necessary. As long as Africa has problems, we will keep doing Essays to Africa. Talking about problems, the aim of Essays to Africa is to contribute potential approaches for looking at economic, social and political problems that Africa is facing. Us being a history podcast is precisely why we think we can add different weight to the discussions and debates about Africa. Except for the ubiquitous moments of Africa's colonial history in almost every discussion and debate about Africa's problems, there are not many instances where history is objectively used as a lens to analyze Africa's problems. We will thus use Essays to Africa to look at Africa's problems through the lens of which history tells us. As much as possible, we will stay away from offering our own opinions and when we do provide our opinions, we will say so. But for the most part, our statements and suggestions, when we offer any, will be based on precedents from history. Not all problems that Africa faces today can be analyzed or understood by the sole use of African history alone. So, we will use both African and international history to illuminate our discourses for the Essays to Africa segment. We hope you will enjoy Essays to Africa. With the background and introduction to our Essays to Africa concept out the way, we can begin with today's episode. The subtitle to today's episode is Democracy versus Economic Development. We're going to look at what role democracy has played with regards to economic development in Africa through the lens of what history tells us. Also, we will do a summary review of how things have worked internationally with regards to the relationship between democracy and economic development. So why this topic? I'll spend the next few minutes taking you through why we feel this topic is necessary and also why we have combined democracy and economic development into the same discussion. 
Doing this is very important because if I were to just jump into the discussion without doing the explaining I'm about to do, some people would airily dismiss this approach to looking at Africa's economic development problems. For instance, people may ask why choose democracy specifically as a lens to discuss the lack of economic development in Africa. They may ask why leave out the many other possible factors that possibly impact economic development. So, I will now address both economic development and democracy individually in the next episode. I will go into exploring the historical relationship between these two concepts. Let us begin by looking at Africa's economic development situation. Africa as a continent is one of the poorest places on earth. Consider this quote from the World Population Review of 2020. Over half of the nations in Africa are considered to be the poorest in the world. The continent as a whole has lower levels of success economically than the other six continents around the world. Close quote. In sub-Saharan Africa, GDP per capita is now less than it was in 1974, having declined over 11%, according to author Les Picker. Economic development should be a priority for a continent where 422 million people live below the poverty line. To help you mentally picture what that looks like, think of the following further statistics. One in three people in Africa live below the poverty line. That represents 70% of the world's poorest people. Even the experts who offer a positive future prognosis about Africa's economic situation unintentionally end up giving reasons for worry. Take, for instance, the Brookings Institution study that contains some good news. Apparently, according to that study, if Africa continues to do well and the things continue to remain okay, by 2030, there will be a reduction in the number of extremely poor people by 42 million. Remember above I said the current number of extremely poor people in Africa is 422 million? So forgive me if I don't sound too excited for the 42 million decrease in 10 years. Nor am I excited about the fact that the same source says that by 2030 Africans will constitute 87% of the world's poor. Plus, remember that the study says Africa will perform like that if things remain okay. Guess what? Well, things didn't really remain okay. The positive-sounding study came out last year, months before the corona pandemic began. Now the World Bank is saying the economy of sub-Saharan Africa will decline by between 2.1% and 5.1% in 2020, coming down from a 2.5% positive increase in 2019. We know that the economy in Africa has had people all excited in the past and then proceeded to tank yet again. Between the years 2000 and 2010, Africa achieved an average annual GDP growth of 5.4%. That is a good performance indeed. But then between 2010 and 2015, that performance went down to 3.3% per year. What this shows you is the following. Most positive-sounding studies about Africa's economic future contain more than a sprinkle of not-enoughness, meaning they leave you wondering why such a prognosis should really be celebrated. I stated above that between 2000 and 2010, Africa achieved 5.4% for average annual GDP growth. This may sound good, but for a very poor place, this is not even near enough. The reason I have just provided a glimpse of Africa's economic past, present and future is to show you how serious the issue of economic development is for Africa. Some of the listeners out there may say, okay, economic development, we understand why it needs to be looked at. But we have concerns and queries about the democracy part of the subtitle of today's episode. 
Of all the many reasons that have arrested Africa's economic development, why have you guys specifically chosen to analyze the impact of democracy? It seems as if you guys have already decided that democracy may have a big impact on economic development to the exclusion of everything else. Number two, we believe strongly that lack of successful economic development in Africa is due to things like literacy or illiteracy, lack of education and skills, corruption, colonization, the racism of international organizations like the World Bank and International Monetary Fund, incompetent leaders, tribalism, civil wars and other such things. So why are you guys focusing on democracy? The above concerns and questions are understandable, so I will now address them. And just before I do so, I'd like to make it clear that the African Campfire Stories podcast team is not going into this topic with the intention of bashing democracy or extolling it. And yes, it is true that there can't be a single factor that solely affects something as complex as economic development. Something like that depends on a witch's brew of multiple factors. We will in the future look at other factors that historically have proven to have an impact, good or bad, on Africa's economic development. We just wanted to look at democracy first because we feel that of all the possible factors that have impacted our economic development in the past and those that may do so in the future, democracy has not been given a lot of thought in our public discourse. Many African countries have not religiously practiced democracy since independence. There have been dictatorships in independent Africa. Some African countries took their economic and political methodology from the Soviet Union during the Cold War period. And that methodology was that of a one-party state and a form of socialism. Some countries have had military-based authoritarian systems. Some have gone through all these systems, including democracy itself. So such factors alone could make some people doubtful as to why democracy has to be singled out to be studied for its impact on Africa's economic development. Which is why I've said above that in the future, we will look at other facets and factors that have the potential of impacting our economic development. We are starting with democracy for many reasons, including reasons from the past, the present and the future, as will be shown in the next episode. Democracy and its inevitable sibling, the free market economic system, are largely seen in most parts of the world as the silver bullet to economic development. The pundits who extol democracy, for the most part, do so with the implication that democracy will be accompanied by the application of some form of free market economic system. I say some form because no country has a 100% free market economic system. Such a system would have to exclude all government involvement from how privately owned companies do business. From the time African countries became independent from colonization, the most economically successful and military strongest bloc on earth, that is the Western countries, recommended that the newly free African countries should implement democracy and the free markets. The recommendations became demands after the end of the Cold War. That is, after the collapse of the Soviet Union in 1999. Before its collapse, the Soviet Union was a kind of leader for the communist world. The communist world offered African countries an alternative before the Soviet Union collapsed. If a country's leadership did not like what the West was recommending or demanding, it would choose to go with the communist world. Granted, two alternatives are not exactly rich in available options, but at least there is an alternative. Recently, the dizzying economic success of China has again opened up another alternative to Western democracy and the free market system. And China doesn't seem to care what governance systems African countries are using. When those countries approach China for economic development loans and other related funding, 
But China is just one country, a country that is becoming powerful, yes, but one country nonetheless. The other route to get assistance related to economic development is still the Western one. Western organizations, companies, governments and international institutions like the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund require the countries they help to use democracy and the free market system for governance. So yes, in order for us to offer well-rounded and balanced programming, we will have to look at the development methodology that China prefers because as much as China does not seem to care about governance systems right now, it is doubtful that that situation will always remain unchanged. A much more successful and thus more confident China would probably start asking countries to change governance systems if they need help from China. If one is to establish some cause and effect relationship between economic development and the factors that may impact it, systems of political and economic governance we believe at ACFS should be the first place to start. When it comes to democracy and the free market system, Africa has been historically forced to use it. Right now, if help is required from the West, the same demand applies. For the foreseeable future, this very same demand will apply. There isn't time to get into everything we need to discuss on this episode, but the next episode will discuss how some of the issues that have plagued Africa are related to the implementation of democracy itself. How a country is governed determines a lot, quite a lot more than you may deduce at first glance. Just as a taste for the next episode, think of these historical facts. Civil wars that are based around ethnocentric factors are some of the things people bring up as the reason for Africa's economic backwardness. A lot of evidence from history has shown that ethnic-based civil strife tends to flare up more in cases where authoritarian governance systems have been removed and democratic systems put in place. For instance, this happened in many African countries when the oppressive colonial systems were removed. The same occurred in the Balkan region of Europe when the former Yugoslavia broke down and in Eastern Europe and the Balkans when the empire of Austria-Hungary broke down. I'm saying this without being a fan of the colonial systems, the communist systems that the former Yugoslavia lived under and the monarchy-based systems that governed the empire of Austria-Hungary. To state that again, we didn't go into this discussion with the intention of bashing or praising anything. The very first episode ACFS released, that is uh, episode 1, introduction to the podcast, stated that we don't take sides in any stories and events that we cover. We let history speak by presenting the facts from history. We've ran out of time today, folks. The democracy versus economic development topic will continue in the next episode. Stay tuned.